superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have with me probably the most special guest that I've ever had on this show because today I am interviewing my husband, Daniel Plain. So this is a, a different kind of a show today, but we are going to be giving you a window into a spiritual marriage in this conversation together. Before I get started, let me tell you a little bit about my fabulous husband. Um, he's actually a musician, and as a cellist, Daniel Plain is regarded as a pioneer and a skillful improviser. He's classically trained at Interlochen Arts Academy and the Longy School of Music, His principal focus since then has been the study and performance of folk and fiddle music traditions. Over 20 years of self-directed study has led to his learning a repertoire of other stringed instruments and a diversity of musical styles. He performs his own arrangements of American folk music and may be seen playing with his wife, Tatiana, me, in their folk duo, Vyatsa, as well as performing gypsy jazz, Irish music, and rock and roll around San Diego County. For those of you who are listening to the show who didn't know, that's true. I am also a musician, and Daniel's one of my most favorite people to play with. So I want to give you a warm welcome to the show, my love. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into our conversation today, will you tell our audience what your superpowers are? Sure. Well, the most obvious superpower I have is playing the cello. Yeah. I play anything with strings. And so maybe my superpower is pulling strings. I don't know. <laughs> and puns. It's a very punny guy. Uh, but yes, the cello is, has been a love of mine for 27 years. I started playing in fourth grade in public school in Madison, Wisconsin, and was fortunate enough to have that opportunity to get started and also fortunate enough to have supportive parents Mm -hmm. who got me lessons and have supported me in my journey being a musician from day one and continue to, to be supportive in all the best ways. Yeah, absolutely. When, uh, when Daniel and I first got together, he told me that the cello was my only competition, which has has (laughs) actually, proven to be true throughout the course of our relationship. Um, But I wanted to to start out, I mean, why I wanted to have Daniel on the show, there's a a lot of reasons actually why I wanted to have Daniel on the show. And, um, you know, he and I have walked through a tremendous amount in our time together. We are coming up on our 10th anniversary this summer in June of 2019. Yeah, so I guess Um, that means we've been together for 13 years. We've been together for 13 years, and we've walked through a lot of stuff. And and I think there's, you know, we actually were talking about doing a series um, before we came on to this recording because there's there's just so much material um, and there's so much um, depth in, in what we've been able to navigate and, and successfully come out the other side of that has, we have seen destroy other couples and other marriages. Um, but I wanted to start out by just sharing the story of how we met because there's a lot of, there's a lot of beauty in storytelling. So 
So I want everyone to hear your version. My version is a little different, <laughs> but I want them to hear yours. <laughs> sure. Well, I guess I'll try and just cover the important points. Um, I was at the tail end of a four-year relationship, which at the time had been the most serious relationship I'd ever been in. Uh, because I went, I guess we were 22 when we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at dinner with, with uh, my roommate at the time. And I remember running with my guitar in my hand and just barely catching the bus <clears throat> to, uh, to go to a party potluck that my friend Nathaniel Malberg was was hosting with with his house uh, and so there's a bunch of people there just sharing their poetry sharing music and i came in kind of at a lull so nathaniel said okay get your guitar out right away so i started playing a talking blues and was kind of i don't know in in somewhat of a dark place in in the, at that time in my life and so I was kind of struggling with a lot of things. And, and in the moment, I was struggling with remembering the lyrics I had written. <laughs> and just kind of doing my thing, trying to improvise up there. And uh, at one point, you interrupted me or you, you said something to me as I was performing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had the audacity yeah. while you were performing. Yeah. And, and you know, Talking Blues has kind of that format. but but so. Of course, my attention was called to this beautiful woman in the corner of the room. Who's this? And uh, and so we had an interaction as I was performing, which is kind of interesting that we perform together now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I finished doing my thing, and I went and sat in the corner. And um, I remember you later. You later said what it looked like. I was meditating, right? Yeah, totally. But I really. Was so- <laughs> yeah, I was very drawn to this fellow who was sitting in the hallway meditating. I had just come back from four months of deep retreat and inner work in Hawaii. And I was, you know, new to the Boston area again, which is actually where I had grown up. But yeah, so Daniel's there. He had done this really interesting, uh, intelligent talk in blues. He had very piercing blue eyes. And then there he is meditating in the hallway. I was like, hmm, who's this character? Right. So things are not always as they seem. I was, uh, I was trying to listen to to the poetry and and everything else that was happening after after I was finished but but most of my attention was focused on keeping the steak that I had eaten down <laughs> in, in my belly so uh, really he was trying was, to not throw up is what yeah. was happening he wasn't acting. Uh, it was just so you know you can meditate to do that but very very <laughs> elevated spiritual it worked <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in any case, at one point you you uh, shared a piece of poetry, mm-hmm. and and then you were out of there. You had to catch a bus. Is that right? That's right. So, I'm I'm sitting there trying to to focus on something, and I I noticed this this beautiful woman that that had just shared a powerful piece of her own art was about to leave and I didn't want to let that slip through my fingers. So I, I went and ran down the stairs after you and asked you your name. Mm-hmm. And you gave me your name and your phone number. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I was back new to the area 
And I literally, for those listening, I was actually not at that time looking for a relationship. I was very solidly in myself. I felt very, um, very empowered and not like I needed a relationship at the time, which is something, of course, I work with my clients on all the time. And it's one kind of that catch um, that, that we go through. Um, so I am, we do have to go to a quick break. I know this is a really good story and there's more to it um, when we get back. But before we go to break, Daniel, will you tell people where they can go to find out more about you and your music? Um, sure. Uh, you can always follow me on Instagram. The handle there is Real Cello, and that's spelled R-E-E-L-C-E-L-L-O. So there's no H in cello. And my website is the same, realcello.com. If you go on my website, you can sign a mailing list, and, and you'll find out about any recordings I'll be releasing, I'm hoping to record some very simple solo work and maybe some, some work with you, Tatiana. Yes, we will definitely be soon. doing that. So, so stay, stay tuned for that. Join the mailing list. And if you happen to live in San Diego or you're interested in eloping in San Diego, I, I perform uh, as a ceremony musician and, and cocktail or entertainment. I do everything from classical to cold play and, and I make <laughs> arrangements for for my clients at their request. So. Yeah, he's a phenomenal musician. Definitely check him out, realcello.com. We are talking with my dear husband, Daniel Plain, and we are giving you a window into a spiritual marriage. And there will be a lot more when we get back, so stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. And so you had just run down the stairs after me. You asked me my name and I was really looking for, uh, I was wanting to connect with more people and I was intrigued by you. Um, and I liked your eyes and I was totally, um, not looking for a dating situation. I was really just wanting to connect with you in a musical space. And, um, and, and so I gave you my phone number and then you called me the next day. And I remember, I remember telling you later that if you had not called me the next day, nothing actually would have taken place with us romantically because I was not into people who were playing games at that point in my life. Um, right. It's a, which is an interesting point. Uh, for so, some men and some, maybe some women too, that's there's social conventions that we maybe learn that we think are, are appropriate or the right, the right way to approach something. And yeah, I suppose, I'm, I suppose in, in this moment, it's, uh, it wasn't a rule I was following either way. It was something that, that I was acting on that was a spark of, of interest and a spark of something that felt important. Yeah. And I think there's so much 
you know, if you had, if you had sat there thinking like, oh, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? I don't know. What's she going to think if I run down the stairs after her? She's going to think I'm, you know, you could have, I would have gone because I had to catch a bus. I had to catch the last bus out of town. Um, And so I really, I really think that actually our whole relationship is a testament to the power of acting on inspiration. Sure. I think that that's, that's maybe it's something we can talk a little bit more about today, but that spark of ignition can show up anytime. And the difference between being able to integrate acting on that in my life as a habit and as, as something that I'm used to doing and questioning it and, and maybe uh, having that be dampened one way or another for whatever reason can make all the difference in, in my life. And, and that's a great example of that moment because I, I was, there was a moment where I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get up and run downstairs. Right. If you were going to puke so, your so there, yeah, well, there, there was, there was, there was some deliberation. It, it wasn't very long, thankfully. Mm-hmm. As, as you mentioned, I might, may not have ever seen you again. Right. But I, I was, I was, resourced enough in that moment despite my my state my physical state <laughs> to be able to act on that mm-hmm. and i i'm really interested in that subject of ignition and and uh how, how that can bring us down the path in in certain ways uh, in the timing of that yeah so say more about your your understanding of that and sort of how you've been exploring this concept of ignition. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a really interesting conversation with a young person recently around a fire. We were we were hanging out, and this person is is exploring the idea of college, and they're they're in high school. So so he's in a really important time in life where these uh, these decisions are before us. Sometimes there's there's a threshold we crossed. Uh, at certain ages or at certain times, and we we have to make really important life decisions. And so, how do we know what to do? There's there's a different approaches to that. I can reason my way through it. I can I can think it through and and kind of make a decision from my mind. But what about the heart? And what about the the spark of desire? And that. These are really important windows to be able to look through, both look at my life through, but also experience my life through and really live inside that that space of creativity and spark and desire because they're some of the most powerful forces in the world. And I think it's it's really important uh, and, and relevant to this podcast because sex and creativity are so closely linked. Yes. To me, that spark of ignition can, re- can relate to that energy. Well, let's talk about this for a second because I think, you know, we have a very unique journey that you and I have walked together in that everything that you're saying is absolutely true and, and I believe is something that you and I tend to live by. And we are also in a committed partnership. 
And that's right. And did we not have the container of a committed marriage? I, because I get, I, I get sparked pretty easily, (laughs) Um, you know, would have, would have followed that spark of desire into some, some sexual situations that would have compromised the integrity of our relationship. Um, That's true. And so I think that, you know, I think that something that you and I have done really well together and that you have helped me with tremendously um, is, is learning how to work with that energy of ignition, that energy of inspiration um, and not necessarily always translate it into a sexual act, right? But to understand that it is an energy and it is a spark of creativity and therefore it deserves to be nurtured and followed, um, but not necessarily with your genitalia. (laughs) Sure. Like there's life force there. There's There's life force there. And Um, there's layers to that. Absolutely. It's, it is that ignition living in the space of, the lower chakra centers, right? Because that can, that's a very powerful force. Mm-hmm. And if it stays there and it isn't integrated into a more conscious place, then, then that can basically just be calling the shots. Like I'll, I'll just follow that. If I'm, if I'm not tempered, if I haven't, uh, you know, cultivated a relationship with myself and an understanding in myself that, uh, that I'm able to temper that, um, and and it's it's maybe different but related to the spark of consciousness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they are right. actually, the first thought I had when you when you said that was a, a vision I had in a breathwork, in the first breathwork I ever did of the moment when the egg and the sperm meet, that moment of consciousness being created of um being one of the most sacred moments, but that's, you know, that is a sexual act that sparks that. I think what you were just saying was something different. Sorry. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I guess what I'm thinking of, maybe a good example is, is when we were inside one of those moments in our relationship where you were really questioning because you had this spark and this fire that was driving you to wonder, Oh, you know, is, is it important to explore this energy with somebody else? Mm-hmm. and you're looking outside the marriage and outside the container. And I remember really just sourcing myself and meditating with this and, and working with it and working my way to a point where I became very clear in myself that I wanted this marriage with you. And of course, you know, when we get married, we make a vow and we, we, we make that agreement and there's clarity there. But that doesn't mean that these things won't come up. And I know for me that I think particularly the first time this happened, because yes, it's happened a couple of times. <laughs> I'm a problem child. And I, feel, <laughs> I feel really blessed that, uh, that you are who you are and that I am who I am and that we, we've been able to walk through this in a way where it hasn't damaged our relationship. Yeah. Uh, it's really only enriched it and made it stronger. Mm-hmm. Right? But I remember that the first time this happened, it was very strong for you. 
And I had been through my own process after we had uh, our, our child um, of questioning the marriage myself. So there were still little seeds in me of doubt. Mm-hmm. And going through that process burned those seeds out. And I remember the moment where I had ultra clarity that, yes, I'm committed to this. Um, these doubts are, are uh, you know, burned out or they've, they've dissolved. And my experience of my own being in that moment was that I was connected to source and the spark the way i would describe that spark of ignition in that moment is that i created an intention from that connection of source so it felt uh connected almost like a few hundred feet above my head like consciousness and connecting my own intention with that space and that source and all it was was the moment but then Immediately following it was trusting that everything that needed to uh, unfold would unfold in its own way in order to create that and make it real. It was a really, really interesting um, moment. It was like as soon as I had that ultra clarity in myself, something in me knew that uh, everything was going to be fine. Yeah, and it was actually that ultra clarity that you held. I think think that... Part of that experience was I needed you in that space of ultra clarity. And, and I think there was, you know, those, those seeds were there and, and they, whether they had been actively consciously watered or not, they were there. And I, and, you know, subtly, energetically, I was picking up on them. And, and when you, and then all of a sudden I found, you know, aspects of my being being nurtured by someone outside of our marriage and, and, and so created this spark and this ignition for me. Um, and when you were able to sit so firmly and solidly and clearly in that truth in yourself that, no, I want this, like I'm going to stand for this love, for this commitment, for this container that we've created, um, it was it was actually quite miraculous because that it was like everything that I had been inside of the you know the the fire the burning the excitement all of it is like it it just fell away with your when you came into that clarity. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. We were really talking about creativity. Yeah, in in the highest sense. In the sense of creating I, your life. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, creating yes. with intention. Right. We are created in the image of, we are creators. And, and what Daniel exhibited in that moment was an, an act of creation. Right. And it's interesting to me that in order to get there, I had to work through all my own stuff. Yeah. And in some ways, uh, maybe it's, it's a co-creation. It's a, For sure. It's, it's being, you know, in that flow. And um, doing, the, doing the work on my end to connect myself, to ask the questions, ask the hard questions, uh, do that work, get clear, and then hold and be willing to hold a vision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think also the, the, what you named about the connection to source. 
I mean, I do think I, I, I wanted to say this earlier and, and hadn't gotten around to it yet, but I do think that so much of what you and I have walked through, because folks, like, if you don't know us, th- that story that we just shared is the tip of the iceberg of what Daniel and I have, have navigated as a, as a married couple. And I, I do believe that had we not, I mean, really from go, from when we first started dating, our, our relationship was about our own spiritual and personal growth and development. Our sex life was about, you know, exploring different realms sexually um, and, and learning, you know, tantric techniques. And, and our, our whole marriage has been committed. Our, in our vows, we spoke that this container was for our higher evolution and growth and for the children who wanted to come in and participate in that with us. Um, and that we, that that's the intention that we set to this container. And I don't, I don't think that if we hadn't had that level of clarity going into it, um, that we would have survived some of this stuff. Honestly, I don't, I don't know that we would have. Yeah, I agree with that. That's uh, it was, it was clear. You know, you mentioned that you weren't looking for a relationship when we met. Mm-hmm. I I was I had written down some of the qualities of the ideal partner that that I would have and that was in there. I remember in in some form or another it was along the lines of, of uh, I want to be with somebody who is able and willing to do spiritual work and self-reflect in a really powerful way take ownership of of themselves and responsibility for themselves and but also to be able to and and be happy to explore that sexually Mm -hmm. and that that that's been a really powerful force for both of us and i know it's been for me i don't need to speak for you i don't want to speak (laughs) i i think that's true yeah of course yes I do run a show called Sex, Love, and Superpowers. So yes, it has been a powerful <laughs> force in my life. Um, and I, and I, and I, you know, when you were talking about how I said I wasn't looking for a relationship, um, I really, for anyone who's listening to this, want to um, clarify that there was a period before I met Daniel when I was in Hawaii, where I was like. I was pulling all these tarot cards every day. It was like something different about like, there's someone coming into your life. And, and I remember even there was one day where I like, I was like, this is the day I'm going to meet this person. And I like hitchhiked to a cafe that I was feeling like, and I was like actively looking, I was like, okay, where's my person? Where is he? Um, And of course I did not find him because he was not on the big island of Hawaii at that time. But I, I spent a whole afternoon in a hammock um, listing off all of the qualities to the universe that I wanted in a partner, and then I and then I was fortunate enough to stay a little bit longer in in the place where I was doing all this deep inner work to get to a place where I was like, you know what, I actually don't need a partner right now. I'm totally satisfied with being on my own. Um, I feel great and empowered in and of myself, and I don't need a relationship to complete me. When I was when I was like going to that coffee shop looking for the partner, I was needing a relationship to complete me. And when I met Daniel, I was not. I was complete and whole mm-hmm. in myself. And yet, I remember when you and I got together, there was this whole like 
oh, wait, this was on my list too. And this was on my list too. Yeah. Like we both had all of these qualities that we That's had right. individually made our, made our own lists. That's and it right. was like, well, like, like little things. Like you know, one of the things on yours was like walking in, in stride easily with one another, right? When holding hands or something like that. Sure. That's right. Yeah. yeah we, we both got specific. Mm-hmm. And intention is a powerful thing, as we have seen. And, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. What an ideal place to, to come from. That place of empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, you know, that's what I, what I guide my clients towards and it is a secret sauce and it's so tricky, you know, because it's like, it's that, it's the ultimate cliche when you want someone, you have to let them go, you know, and it's so much easier to say than to do. And, and you and I have had to do that. I mean, when we got engaged, we were broken up, right? We had broken up. (laughs) Um, Right. We had taken a break from our relationship. Daniel wanted to go on the road and be a musician and be able to entertain whatever might come his way as a musician because when you're on stage and you're, you know, a sexy dude and you're a really badass musician, women want to have sex with you. Like that happens. And when you're a really beautiful woman and you are in your power and you're on stage and performing, men want to have sex with you. Or, you know, I mean, we all want to have sex with each other when we're actively in our power. This is what happens. This is what the especially in the music industry it's like fueled by sex um yeah sex and magnetism and alcohol (laughs) but (laughs) um but so you know it was like okay that i was i was okay with you doing that um but i wanted to break the container if that was what was going to happen right and then we had a very uh intense series of conversations while i was on the road Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of which was an engage. I, mean, I got off the phone. I was like, I think I just got engaged. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we've walked through years together. There's so much that we can talk about, and we only have this short window on this interview. Um, I do want to have you back on because, you know, we've only hit the tip of the iceberg of of what it takes to to be in a committed partnership. Um, maybe before we sign off, I would love you to share with our audience why you believe that holding to the commitment that we've made and really getting to that place that you came to, um, that you spoke about your clarity, why, why that has been important for you in your life. Sure. Well, I think we've covered some of that. It's having a really clear container of the marriage has, has made it uh, possible for us to, to keep our energy together and to also, you know, for me, keep my energy to myself and keep my, keep really clear boundaries. Um, I remember being a single man and being young and hormones are powerful things. And having a container of marriage has, has really helped me draw sexual energy, creative energy back into myself so that I have it uh, as a resource for my life, for, for intending what I want to create and, and for, for fueling different creative projects and, and fueling uh, 
I don't know, good, uh, more robust health. There's, there's a lot of reasons that, that it's been really powerful for me. Um, I think also maybe not everybody's this way and I'm not saying a monogamous marriage is like the, the only way to have a relationship or the only healthy way. Uh, but I know for me, it's been really important because having that container has um, supported me in feeling safe enough to be able to, to explore some of the things that I need to work through, to heal. Um, and, and it's also been kind of, as I was saying, it's, been, it's just been a, it's been a gift in the sense that I kind of, it helps me keep my energy in my life and to myself instead of looking out for confirmation and, and for new exciting experiences and new, new relationships. That kind of thing uh, can still be part of my life. I can still meet new people and have relationships, but there's a certain quality. And I think part of this, this is kind of a whole other conversation that we can have, but there's a certain quality of interaction that happens that uh, when, when I'm single and when I'm looking for connection sexually, mm-hmm. that can really be a drain and yeah. it can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's challenging because there's a lot of cultural conditioning, just as a light example, right? Um, there's a lot of expression and a lot of, uh, what's the word? Uh, yeah, I keep using the word energy, but I'm trying to, it's such a, such a, you know, I kind of hate that word sometimes. Because it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's, it's used all the time and it's so general. Um, but a life force that, that moves through the eyes. Mm. Okay? So the way that I use my eyes and what I look at and the quality of my gaze mm-hmm. are all really, uh, there are things to consider, right? Yeah. And, and as uh, a man and a young man growing up in Western culture, I'm basically being trained to use that gaze or to allow that gaze maybe, you know, because it, it, it really isn't a conscious thing. It's, it's like to just unconsciously get used to allowing that gaze to fall upon women's bodies a, a certain way, in a particular way because of these are the images that are being put in front of me all the time. Yeah. And so the quality of that gaze could be very different if I'm looking woman in the eyes instead of looking over her body. Um, and, and having kind of tying this back into the container of marriage, uh, that can be a lot of life force that, that leaves through my eyes if I'm just allowing all, all over the place. And it's really interesting because yeah. we think of like infidelity and we think of, uh, uh, inte- you know, a lack of temperament or whatever, uh, more often like at, in the action of actually going in and sexually engaging with somebody else. But what about the, the fidelity of my own life force to myself? Mm-hmm. Right. What about that fidelity of like honoring the sacredness of my own, uh, life force? 
as a human being and not allowing that to, to just unconsciously get drained all the time because these images are being, and so I get used to uh, looking at people a certain way. Uh, so there's a lot of cultural conditioning that I think that the container of our marriage has allowed me to work through and to really work with. Yeah, we, that, we started that work even when we were dating. We started. Absolutely. Because I, yeah. don't, I don't present as the typical model body that you get sold in the magazines. And so, I mean, you, you started that deconditioning process really early on. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, a journey. Yeah, it's a journey. How, I mean, how, how do I, how do I re, repurpose and retrain, recondition myself after, after years or even decades of uh, being used to, to uh, behaving or, or just allowing a behavior that's normal culturally, right? And as men, we're bombarded with this. And it affects women too, of course. It, if, I think it affects men and women differently. Uh, but but we're both affected um, by by all the the cultural conditioning in the Western world that that we that we receive growing up and and throughout life. I so love you. Um, <laughs> which is a good thing since we're married. Um, I love you too. <laughs> What's it like being married to me? I'm just really curious. <laughs> well, I don't really have anyone else to compare it to. I guess that's true. But I so appreciate the, the desire and the willingness to approach life consciously as much as possible and, and the emphasis on self-awareness and growth and I so appreciate how you communicate with our daughter I mean really from day one I've learned so much about how to be with children from you because you you've worked with children a lot more in your life and been with them a lot more in your life um, than I have and especially once once we had a baby um, and speaking of of culture it's it's kind of amazing to me that that I could grow up and not really have a lot of experience being around children until I have my own kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm not the only one who's experienced that, but yeah, we're definitely really, going to come back and do another conversation on conscious parenting. Yeah, I mean, our, really, our daughter has been our greatest teacher for sure. Absolutely, and and but I I think that speaks to to the the kind of. I don't know if brokenness is quite the right word, but, but the, the stratification of, of our culture that, that I can grow up and, and just be around people my own age for most of my life. Yeah. Right? That, that doesn't happen in traditional cultures. That it's grandma and babies and everything in between um, all, all living together and on a regular basis. What do you think we're losing in the... Oh, probably more than we can realize. Um, so much, so much. I mean, knowledge gets passed down orally in traditional cultures. Um, that's that's probably part of why they're they're more resistant to change than than our culture is. 
Right. Um, but yeah, who's teaching your little ones? Right. It's such a such a big thing to think about. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's there's so many subjects we could get off in the weeds pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we will like we're gonna plant weeds because weeds usually tend to be medicine plants. So, um, <laughs> so we're gonna come back and do more conversations together, um, Daniel and I, for you all on this show because as you can see, uh, he's amazing and, and very articulate. And we have, we've walked through some really dark shadowy stuff and we want to be able to arm, um, those of you who tune into the show with, with just, you know, I think there's so much to be learned from other people's stories and, um, and there's so much we don't talk about or that we don't hear about. And, you know, you there's there's just so much healing that can happen through sharing of story and hearing of story so we are gonna do more of that um to our listeners thank you so much for tuning in um i love you so very much i'm so grateful for all of you who tune in from all of your different places around the world if you have not yet joined us in the superpowers are real facebook group please go and do that um, play with us in there. Come check out the programs that we've got going over at superpowerexperts.com forward slash programs. There's a really exciting curriculum that we're rolling out. The team that we've got right now is just amazing. I, I love us. I love what's, what's happening over there. Um, go check out Daniel's music and our music together. Um, go to realcello.com, R-E-E-L-C-E-L-L-O.com. And follow him on Instagram, Real Cello. Thanks again, babe, for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. I hope that it's helpful for, for folks. And uh, I look forward to maybe coming on again. Absolutely. And to all of you listeners out there, until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.